the button has been pushed. And it says start. Uh, and we are live. That's right. Oh, look at Whoa, that. Look. We're live. Mics are hot. Mics are hot. <laughs> How many people are in the chat? Uh, I'm Just counting four. four. Yeah. <laughs> the same number of people that listen to the show. <laughs> Ouch. And none of them are our relatives because they don't like us that much. Sardell. Sardell keeps us alive. That's true. All right. You boys ready? Yes. Hello and welcome to Funny Books with Aaron. (laughs) My my recording just all of a sudden shut down. You broke it. It It couldn't handle the heat you were bringing there. (laughs) That was some heat. There we go. It's back on now, so I'm going to start over. This is Paul. This and, is Wayne. And I am Andrew. Well, what happened there? Jump in the gun. <laughs> wow, yo, it's been so long since Andrew's been here. I that, know. Uh, he forgot how we do things around here. Yeah, Track. a little premature Andrew. Track <laughs> season is in full effect, and uh, I'm spending all my weekends at various wonderful well- locales across the state of Missouri watching uh, people run and jump, including Festus a couple weeks ago, Wayne. I thought of you as I kind of skirted the outskirts of St. Louis on the way there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just there for the meet, thankfully, and then I got to come on back home. Well, you know, not to make this about the XFL. <laughs> but, you know, speaking smooth, yeah, just, yeah, that was a smooth transition there, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Well, Andrew brought it up. Andrew brought up the state that he lives in. All I, all I did was take the ball and run with it. You guys, the St. Louis Battlehawks almost in the playoffs for the XFL. Mm. How do they, so there's six there's six teams in the XFL, right? Uh, eight. Eight. And how many go in the playoffs? Uh, four. Eight. So 50-50. <laughs> yes. And then the championship game is uh, in May. Okay. But it's see, between it, them and the Seattle team. So we'll see. See, it doesn't actually matter who wins the game. Because the Battle Hawks are the ones that are bringing people into the seats. True. So in the end, they win the monetary win, and that's they all do. that really matters. Yeah, yeah. That game was a uh, cra- crazy last week. You guys keep selling out your stadium out there in St. Louis. Yeah, it's like I've looked through the numbers of attendance, and a St. Louis is selling more than three times the number of tickets than any other city. Yeah. That has an XFL team. I think that is one of the most full-throated endorsements of capitalism I've ever heard in my life, Wayne. (laughs) Doesn't matter if you win or not, as long as you make money. As long as you're making money, screw the rest. (laughs) I like it. I like it, Wayne. And and now that Aaron's asleep, let's wake him back up. (laughs) So, Andrew, do you want to, other than, do you want to tell us why you might have some some issues catching up on your comics in the future? Yeah, I uh, on the one the one company that you read comics from. I I got some bad news this week. I uh, got an email and and you know of course I stopped what I was doing immediately to read it. Uh, the Marvel Comics app, you, you know, once really the only source that I'm willing to buy digital comics anymore uh, is shutting down. Will be shutting down completely. Uh, all of your bought Marvel comics that you bought through the Marvel Comics app will be imported into uh, Marvel Infinite. So you won't lose access to them as long as you do a couple steps to sync up your accounts before they shut it uh, shut it down. So uh, make sure you do that if you need to. Uh, but yeah, so with with Marvel being gone, DC left a while ago. Uh, that's going to leave uh, Dark Horse and uh, Comicsology uh, through Amazon as my only outlets to digital comics. And honestly, I refuse to go back to Comicsology uh, by Amazon. I you know, I try not Just to be do a it, hypocrite. Andrew. Just do I, it. I try not to be a hypocrite. And when I, yeah, I try to talk to people, uh, you know, in my life about 
moving on from bad relationships, you know, leaving behind toxic people, uh, abusive people, you know, that they're better than they're better than than those people and they don't need them in their lives. I, I feel like I have to take my own advice here and I, I just can't go back to comicsology. So what does I, that mean I, for me? Oh, go ahead. If I read that notice correctly. Yeah. You know, all of your uh, prior purchases can be imported over to the Marvel Infinite app. Right. But in order for you to access those files, you have to have a subscription to Marvel Infinite, not just an account, but an actual ongoing subscription. Is right. that how you read that notice? You know, actually, uh, I had read it slightly differently than that. But now I'm going to pull it up here uh, in front of me to, to make sure I didn't misread it uh, in my haste. Um, that would be some shenanigans, right? Like you have to have a paid subscription to access the right. comics you've already paid for. But yeah. That's what they say. Every time you buy digital comics, you are not purchasing right yeah. the actual mm-hmm. comics. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Use the apps. Um, so I guess a couple dates for people who are listening. The, the comics app will shut down. Marvel Comics app will shut down on June second, twenty twenty three. Starting May second, just a couple weeks away, the ability to purchase comics will be removed from the Marvel Comics app ahead of the June shutdown date. Uh, so to support you, uh. Digital comics purchases made prior to May 2nd on the Marvel Comics app uh, can be accessible on the Marvel Unlimited app. Sorry, not Infinite. Infinite CC. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Right, right. Well, I I sit wrong as well. Um, So no Marvel Unlimited subscription purchase will be required to access your previous Marvel Comics app digital comic library. Okay. So you need an account. Uh, I do not think you need to purchase a subscription. That I, I the the version that I read made it sound like you had to have an active subscription. I was like, that is some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> so I'm be. glad to, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad we we asked that question, and got the clarity on that because man, I, I was like, that is that calls into question every digital purchase you've ever made, right? Yeah. Uh, and when you've got when you've got a huge collection and investment in digital comics, man, that would be concerning. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering, will they let you buy new books there? No. I don't know. Yeah. Not, not, not in the short term, at least they have, they've made no announcements of being able to buy uh, like day and date books. You can buy, uh, or you can have access to, you know, the older books or older catalog through the subscription, through purchase subscription. But uh, so far they're, they've not announced any plans. They have, there's a little line in that email though. that talks about how they're exploring other mm-hmm. options. Cause one of the, like their facts is uh, how can I still read Marvel comics digitally? And essentially uh, their answer is uh, Comixology through Amazon. And then they listed a couple other places, apparently, where you can get uh, graphic novels. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there is um, the Apple Store. There's a couple things I didn't recognize, but um, I would I'm very curious about what's motivating this change. I, I feel like Comixology and Amazon are involved. I'm just not sure if it's one of those things where they had a contract up for renewal because, you know, the Marvel Comics app is based on Comixology old comiXology which is right. why i was still using it so i don't know if amazon said nope we're not going to renew this contract uh, or that they made the um um terms of the contract so onerous that they didn't want to keep up with it or if marvel just looked at it and said we can do better than what comiXology is doing and keep more of the money for ourselves so i i, I don't know i'm curious i'm curious about what's causing this change i'm inclined to believe that uh amazon is trying to pull that revenue back, you know, and, you know, pull those customers back directly to them versus them just getting a slice of it, you know, from mm-hmm. the handling fee. Yeah. But, you know, it Amazon's interesting because they do sell their technology, right? They, you know, they sell their uh, customer service technology, you know, their, their uh, uh, data management for uh, incoming calls, all that stuff they make available in the marketplace. So, it seem it, while on the one hand I, I can absolutely imagine that Comicsology wants to pull those customers back, but this comic book business is so small for them. It is. It just seems it seems uh, a, a big bold move when you don't have to do something like that when the, when the money there is just minor. Well, um, it, but that kind of talks to the, what, what underlies their entire interest. Why? Why? Right. It's, it's, considering what a small part it is compared to their their bottom line, what right. motivated them to acquire Comicsology in the first place? What I think we we our theory is that they merged 
well, got rid of Comixology and just made it through through um, Kindle, right. uh, so they could let go of people and reduce labor costs. Uh, so I, I I don't know um, why they decided to ruin Comixology. I don't yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I'm wondering about is it uh, is this decision have anything to do with the fees that the stores tar- uh, Amazon now and mm-hmm. not Amazon, uh, Apple and uh, Google charge for processing credit cards and apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, are, is that being passed along to Marvel and now they want to move that away? Because I'm betting they probably do some sort of upcharge as well. Hey, we have to deal with them and we're doing payments. So we're going to charge you, Marvel, more money. Yeah, yeah it's hard know. to know. It's, it's hard to know. But I feel like, uh, you know, obviously we have no access to this type of data. But I would uh, not at all be surprised if many people did what I did uh, when Comixology merged with Kindle and started buying Marvel books directly through the Marvel apps because you could still use that superior product and right. infrastructure. Uh, so I, I'm curious if they saw a whole lot of, of people shifting their buying habits and they're like, no, well, this this can't do. We can't we can't tolerate this. Uh, and so made the decision to as part of their strategy to consolidate everything under this Kindle framework, which is awful for comics. So I'm sad. What the yeah? What does this mean for me? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna be reading uh, day and date comics anymore here in uh, oh about two weeks, uh, unless it's uh, Dark Horse or uh, one of our free um, uh, uh, preview copies, review copies yeah. that we get through a couple from a couple of the publishers. So I think I think my day of um, reading uh, comics in real time may be coming to a quick close. Uh-huh. You can just go to the comic store. You can download Comixology. Just do it, Andrew. Just do it. Rip off the Band-Aid. Sell your soul. Just do it. <laughs> Paul, I, I will say that this this advice is exactly what I expect you to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you could always do CBZs, right? You know, you could you, you could always, uh, you know, do, torrent your comics. You know? We don't endorse torrenting your comics. <laughs> I think we know I won't do that. but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of torn up and then, uh, you know, I'm kind of torn up this upcoming week as well. Why? What's this upcoming week? Uh, you know, I, I had that. I, I was supposed to be down at Table Rock Lake this coming week. I'd taken some oh, time yeah. off for vacation. Uh, so I'm kind of dealing with the grief of that as well right now. Uh, uh, I'm yeah. sorry, Andrew. Well, it's, it's not, it's not your fault. Or is it? I blame myself. <laughs> I don't, but don't, there, there are many factors. <laughs> I'm going to use well, the time to catch up at work. Well, it's certainly not. You, you, you'll have a lot of free time because you won't have new episodes of Star Trek Picard and you won't have a new episode of Star Wars The Mandalorian to watch this week either because all of them have had their season slash series finales this week. So the third season finale of Mandalorian came on this past week on Disney Plus. And what did you know? I think we've um, we've had some mixed emotions on season three. Uh, well, I mean, I'd say in general we've been positive about it, other than Jack Black and Lizzo. What do you guys think about the uh, season finale? It honestly felt like a series finale. It did feel like an ending. I mean, it felt like it, it felt like okay, done. Um, I'm I, I I agree, Wayne. I I feel like it it felt like this is where we're shutting it all down. So uh, that was it was a a uh, bizarre feeling at the end of it. But in a, for me, it was a good thing, right? I mm-hmm. mean, I feel like either if they can, they we know they're going to continue on, right? They've right. already established that Filoni. They have not announced a Mandalorian season four, but they have announced that Dave Filoni is, you know, the movie he's directing that we talked about on a, a recent episode of our show at Star Wars Celebration um, would be wrapping up the story threads mm-hmm. from Mandalorian, Ahsoka. Um, Book of Boba Fett, you know, all those shows. And we know there's outstanding story threads from Book of Boba Fett still. Yep. Left generally unresolved. So you're saying that we're going to get yeah. a second season of the Book of Boba Fett, Paul? Is that what you're I saying? I feel like we're going to get a second season of Book of Boba Fett, even oh, though it hasn't been no. announced. Oh, I thought no. I thought they had announced that. And I just I don't care about any loose threads. I'm not watching it. I want to see some more Timothy Oliphant. Well, d- d- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I think the, you're right. I mean, this uh, I feel like um, it feels like Mando maybe. I don't know. Maybe we're, we're done with Mando until the movie. I got to tell you, they could take that story thread and go somewhere with it. But it's also a nice capper. The the last scene where uh, Mando and Grogu are, are you know sitting out there on the porch, you know, at, at his uh, new little place. 
it just had this real, you know, the rifleman sort of feel to it. You know, <laughs> that's that's Lucas McCain and, and Mark sitting there on their ranch. <laughs> I just I loved how how it felt like a an old TV Western. Uh, I, I, I dug that ending. And, and again, I honestly dug these last two episodes. I thought yeah. they were fantastic. I they mean, were really I, good. You know, it's despite how season three again, you know, I mean, it, it, there's there's a, like the the weird story that kind of took place on Coruscant with the cloner guy that, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming we'll we'll see where that goes. But, you know, I mean, they've, they've taken some side stories. They've taken some some creative choices that I haven't loved. But I mean, the last two episodes were like a, a, a movie and they definitely they definitely spent some money. Yeah. No, I, I I thought the the battle sequences uh, were great. I really uh, uh, enjoyed all the man all the different Mandalorian stuff going on. Um, yeah, if you was, ever had the question of how could Grogu get even cuter, the answer is put him in a robot body that just has the ability to say yes and no. Uh huh. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I I I, I dug it. I, I I thought it was just really well done, and it was a nice. You know, I felt like this series really took a dip in season two in terms of story quality. Uh, and season three was just really sort of a return to, to to the quality of season one. So with with Mandalorian over, I think the next thing coming up is Ahsoka, right? I, I believe that's a true statement. I'm very excited for Ahsoka. I am very excited for Ahsoka. I, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm hopeful that it's, you know, I, it, again, we, we talked about this when they, they talked about the um, Filoni movie announcement. I really hope they're building up to some some iteration of Heir to the Empire. I, I'm I, just I, happy because yeah. Ahsoka is basically a rebel sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm I'm there with you, Paul. This, you know, with all the, the heat they're putting on Thrawn, uh, I'm I'm eagerly anticipating some kind of reimagined Heir to the Empire. Well, and for those who have never read Timothy Zahn's uh, uh, trilogy of books, start starts with Air of the Empire. Go out and read them because they yeah. are amazing. They well, are and I'll cool. tell you, you know, first of all, read the books. The books are fantastic. But if yes, you're not a book, if you're not a novel reader, which mm-hmm. I mean, make an exception. But if you can't, if you just can't, um, you know, Marvel has done reprints of the Dark Horse comics right. that were adapted from those, and those are actually really, yeah, they are really well good. done comics. Um, you know, we had talked about doing uh, an heir to the empire special. We probably ought to read this. Yeah, we should. Yeah, do I that. think we should. Yeah. That's yeah. something I could get on board because uh, I still own the books. I could definitely check out on the Marvel Infinite. I could probably still see the uh, comics. Yeah. yeah, we should do that. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. I, yeah, look at look what just happened live on the podcast. This wasn't scripted. <laughs> this is now the creative process. You're gonna get an heir so, to the empire. I have. I have only ever read, as far as Star Wars novels, two, and those weren't any of them. Which uh, did you read? Oh, Wayne, you got to get caught up now. After they got rid of the uh, the previous like entire universe and did relaunches. Oh yeah. I read. I did the one that was the origin of Kanan, and the other one was uh, Tarkin. Yeah. Kanan yeah. was a decent book, but most of these modern books, I will tell you know the Star Wars. First of all, we wouldn't have anything in the Star Wars universe right now if it wasn't for Heir to the Empire, right? I mean, you know, I'll I'll save it for the retrospective, but Heir to the Empire, the Heir to the Empire trilogy definitely brought Star Wars back to fandom in a way that that was almost like a movie. Yeah. Um, And Wayne, if you it sounds like you've not read that trilogy High, I mean, highest possible yeah. recommendation. They they are the first three books that that were you know published for for Star Wars. I mean, obviously there's been some before. There were plenty well, before, but you know, like you know, that kind of it started. It was a big publishing event. Yeah, though. it the was first really big publishing initiative. You know, um, and they're still probably the best. They were, yeah, the first one came out in 1991, uh, the Thrawn trilogy. I've only read about six Star Wars uh, books, uh, and and I, really the only three I enjoyed were the three in this trilogy. Mm-hmm. I like Shadows of the Empire also. And that, I don't think I don't think I've read that one. Oh, uh, so we can't have a Shadows of the Empire retrospective because we'll that will make it happen. We'll I make will read, read it. I can read it. Yeah. 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 
Because Shadows of the Empire was um was huge. That was I mean, like, he's not going to be spending time reading comics, so he's got to read right. something. Yeah, exactly. That's right. All right, so Heir to the Empire. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, we can just shut this podcast down right here. <laughs> Short episode this week, folks. We've yeah. got plans and things to talk about. Yeah. It's only Star Wars with Heir to Bali. Because, I mean, and, really, you know, we, we, the three we, books we, we're going to talk about this week. We <laughs> still owe them, uh, you know, Aberrant April. Uh, which oh, was yeah. probably going to turn into something like, you know, the madness of May. But, I feel uh, like I failed you guys on this. I don't know why I, I take that on my shoulders, but I feel like I, oh, I failed. Oh, that's because you did fail us. <laughs> it, it, it should be our city. Yeah. I, I, I'm not the co-host you guys uh, want. To, I'm the co-host you guys deserve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. All right, well, I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta download and or dig out my old Heir to the Empire book out of uh, mothballs somewhere. I think I've got it on uh, Comicsology. I think I bought it in one of those sales. Oh no, I have the comic, but I'd like to. Uh, re- now I want to revisit the novel. Well, I believe yeah. it's available on Audible if you're an Audible <laughs> subscriber. I've got oh, yeah. the three novels sitting over in my my box of old books that I've held on to for you know twenty almost thirty years now. Yeah. This is very exciting to me. You know, okay, well, good show, guys. I'll see you next yeah. <laughs> Andrew fulfilled his purpose. Um, but you know what else what I was very excited about this week, guys? Was that? was it The Diplomat on Netflix? It was not. It, it was Warlock Rebirth. Um, oh, yeah. You know, we, we we loved Silver Surfer. Was it called Rebirth? Rebirth? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Silver Surfer and I guess Re- that's the brand that uh, Ron Mars and Ron Lim are bringing to their work at Marvel is which, a series of Rebirth books. Which I love. I yeah. do, too. Yeah, but uh, as you may remember, we read that first Silver Surfer Rebirth book, and we were immediately just grabbed, like right, right in the junk. It just grabbed a hold and did not let go. Uh, I'll say, having read the first issue of the Warlock Rebirth, I wouldn't say it's bad, but it didn't exactly grab me and pull me in and get me excited for the series. I would agree. You know, I, I, I was I was as excited, if not more excited, for a Warlock Rebirth because I, as big a fan of a, as I am of Silver Surfer, I adore Adam Warlock mm-hmm. um, and the Infinity Watch, and so I was super excited for this book. I was also pleasantly surprised, which I don't know why it didn't occur to me that this was essentially a direct sequel to yeah. the events of Silver Surfer Rebirth. Yeah. Right. Um, which I I don't know why that didn't occur to me, but I'm, I'm I was happy to see that continuation. It did not knock my socks off in this first issue in the same way that Silver Surfer did. Not saying there was anything particularly wrong with the book. It's just a bit more set up. There was a lot of recapping. Yeah, a lot of recapping, and I will say, and I don't know if it's just due to time, um, or perhaps just the nature of the story. The art in this book didn't didn't slap as the kids uh, say as hard as the silver surfer book. i will tell you i feel like ron Lim's uh pencils on this book were looked a little rushed to me yeah and I, that, maybe it was just the time period between silver surfer and this didn't give him enough time or something yeah i don't know i mean there's I, there are a lot of pages that work really well but there are some pages i'm like in fact there is a scene uh i will draw your attention to and i will tell you well, which why you do that like the giant creatures at the beginning of the book i thought were fantastic it's more the second half of the book where adam warlock actually pops in yeah. i'm like it kind of just feels like a bunch of people standing around talking like there it's not, it doesn't have the dynamics well check out digital page number 18 okay at top left panel yeah what what's going on with her ass there <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I'm serious. I when I I I I, I was looking at it, I go, what the hell? You know, yeah. I it is such a a weird way to have drawn that. Uh, I'm just like, okay, um, I, I that's weird. I, are you look, are you looking for the left crease? I'm just looking for it? for anything that that gives any sense as to what that body part is because it's like. You know, I, I see where you've got a hint of buttock at the bottom there. On the right it, side. Yeah. But it's just like it, she seems malformed. Yeah. And, you know, she's a perfect being, so she shouldn't seem, you know, malformed. But so it's it, not the galaxy's ass. It is not the galaxy's, <laughs> it's not the galaxy's ass. ass. But what I love about the book, I love that it's set on Monster Island because I'm a huge fan of Mo- Monster Island. I love all those Kirby style monsters uh, and Goom is a lot of fun. But 
your way into the book, I think, is mishandled because I am not a fan of Jenis Vell, also called Legacy. Um, I, I, he's not a character I've ever clicked with. And I, he was not part of the Ron Lim, Ron Mars storytelling from, from back in the day. He wasn't key to that. And I just think it's the wrong way to bring us into this story. And I think that's why I didn't connect as well with this story as I have otherwise. In well, fact, think, okay. Pip, Pip was always your way in. And I think it's a mistake not to use Pip in that manner here. And I will say one other thing, you know, as much as I enjoy Ron Mars and Ron Lim, I feel like we're missing an important component of any Adam Warlock story, which is Jim Starlin. And Mm -hmm. I would have liked to have seen, you know, maybe uh, a cover by Jim Starlin. Uh, I don't think he was in any of the variants. But of course, you know, as Marvel typically does, they didn't share the digital variants with us. Um, I, I just that that was my my gripe with it. But otherwise, I enjoyed the story quite a bit. I'm I'm eager for the other books. And I think that the recap page that really works for me is that big one pager where you get the high evolutionary, you get Thanos, you get. Yeah. The explanation of Adam Warlock's origin. I thought that was yeah. a fantastic page. Yeah. The only thing, I, you know, it's funny. Every time you get an origin story with with Adam, you always get that, you know, uh, Magus. Uh, piece of it as well mm-hmm. and and while they hint at it in the the narrative uh you don't get an image of it on on these pages yeah well so. you know i think the reason they use genus is because that's how they introduced the silver surfer rebirth so i think they were mirroring what they did there as a way mm-hmm. to kind of introduce people to, to adam warlock but i loved my favorite i think my favorite part was the battle with with the monsters there at the beginning quote-unquote mm-hmm. battle uh it, it, but my my big cons- confusion, let's call it confusion, uh-huh. is this Eve Warlock character. Now, mm-hmm. she looks identical to uh, a character that's been around since the 70s. She's been known by different names. She's been known, her. known as her. <laughs> yep. Yeah. As her original name, just like Adam Warlock started as him. She started right. as her. She was also created by the Enclave. Uh, but mm-hmm. she had some other names, Kismet, uh, Paragon, Aisha, when she yeah. was with Fantastic Four. Yep. There was a point where her and Starhawk and Guardians of the Galaxy uh, uh, shared a, a point in reality, which mm-hmm. I loved. Uh, is this the same person? Is this I, a I, different I person? wondering the same because, you know, Warlock returns to the cocoon every time he's having a different iteration, right? Yeah. And so I assume that's the same thing that happened with her. And huh. thus becoming Eve to his Adam. But you would think they'd say something about that in the book. And, you know, when that cocoon appears there and it's not his cocoon, you'd think you'd go, well, I, my guess is that's going to be her. Right. Right. Uh, or Aisha or whatever her name is. Uh, but it's one of those weird things that they just never talk about it. You know, the things that I feel like the characters should know they don't address. Yeah. Well, and maybe I mean, they're saving it for the second issue because this was basically just a fight. But right. But we'll see. You know, I, I, hope mean, so. I, I, I I'm, I'm I, I, I love this creative team. And while the first issue didn't knock my socks off, I enjoyed it. And I, I look forward to the second issue. Yeah. And that's key. That is key. I did enjoy it. I, yeah, I enjoyed same. it. I'll be picking up the second. Well, <laughs> oh, <laughs> is, is it a three month delay before things get to Marvel? <laughs> Two months, 60 days. I'm Good eventually going to read this book at some point. <laughs> some point in my finish this book (laughs) well let's talk about another first issue from dc comics this time superboy the man of tomorrow the continuing adventures or the new i shouldn't say continuing adventures the oh shit i didn't even realize there was a backup sorry i only read the first part i got to the final page of the first story and i stopped reading um superboy the man of tomorrow now what this book is it's, it's listed as a dawn of dc but it really is the winner of that round robin like fan voting um, thing that last year, I think it resulted in a book called the Robins where all the Robins got together and teamed up. And I only read the first issue cause it was garbage. Um, but yeah, this, this is kind of the, the 2022 or yeah, uh, 2022 iteration ended with Superboy, the man of tomorrow winning. Yeah. And so Wayne, I'm very, you know, I'm very curious your thoughts on Superboy, the man of tomorrow. Yeah, well, I will say, Paul, I also did not realize there was a backup until you just said it. Well, because every book I read, it's like, okay, I got to the final page and the next page was just an ad for Green Arrow. So I just stopped reading and and I just happened to open it and go, oh, 
there's a whole Green Lantern backup feature. In Oops. my case, in this one, I got to the final page and thought, okay, I'm finally through this book. Now I never have to touch it again. There, there's a backup story. <laughs> I, I'm looking. I don't. There's not a backup story in mine. It it's a Green, Green Lantern story. Yeah, no, but there's not. There's not a Green Lantern story in mine. It ends at Green Arrow. At the Green Arrow dawn of DC. So oh, I Superboy, get... the Man of Tomorrow, issue one. You, uh, digital page twenty-two is the end of the Superboy story, and then you right. turn the page, and there's Green Lantern, the Light at the End of Forever, a backup story starting on digital page twenty-three. Nope, not in my not in my version. On page twenty. Uh, Three of mine is a Daily Planet uh, uh, ad with, you know, different books. And then the page after that is Dawn of DC Green Arrow. I don't have this Green Lantern thing you're talking about. Yeah, the Daily Planet one is on page 30 for me and uh, 31 for the Dawn of DC thing. What? That is so unusual. Yeah. Wow. My my digital file is 24 pages long. My digital file weird. is 31. That is so weird. I'm going to delete this and re-download it and see if I Because this Green Lantern out. light at the end of forever was a tw- 2022 finalist for. You know what? Maybe the reason we missed it is that it's. It wasn't there when we originally read the book and an yeah. update occurred that we were unaware of. That could be because yeah. I didn't see I don't remember it at all. Well, I'm going to delete this while we're talking <laughs> and uh, re-download and I'll let you know. You're right. I mean, I'm not saying, looking at it, I'm not sure it's worth reading, but, but, um, but now we're curious. Paul, you're right. I should go back to comicsology. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I did not enjoy the story overall. It. Nope, there is no, there is nothing after page twenty-four. Even on the new download. Even on the new download. I wonder if there were two different versions, and somehow Wayne and I bought the five-dollar version or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Wow, weird. weird. You should probably just send an email to Comicsology customer support, and and when they get back to you in eight to six weeks, then you'll know. <laughs> yeah, someone's no, I, a little jaded about comic <laughs> just a little bit yeah. you think yeah i i did not enjoy the story it starts off once again crapping on connor and having everyone else do things where he's not able to even really have a uh, a part in being a superhero i have a hard time believing that every emergency all over the planet is covered by somebody and so he needs to go to outer space to find somebody that needs help i gotta say i'm a little confused and maybe you guys can help me because i remember when they brought back connor i think it was i should, I should say, i remember they brought back connor i don't remember exactly which storyline yeah it was in young justice right <laughs> yeah with bendis okay. and uh, uh then it, he crossed over into the bendis superman stories right. with uh I forget the big bad, but, you know, all the, with, with everything that was happening with Checkmate and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, those he, terrible he, stories. Yeah. yeah, and generally um, most people don't remember him, but uh, the kids right. do. So remind me again, did they bring him back at an an older or, you know, a previous point in his history? Because I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused as to why this Connor is back in his original leather jacket, why we're not dealing with T-shirt and jeans Connor Kent, like, has this Connor Kent not been through that phase of his life? They, as far as I know, they never explained that. When they brought him back, he was just in the old costume. And here, when he has his memories, he has memories of the newer costumes. I thought so too. Yeah, and I, I caught that. I'm seemingly like, well, why aren't more you mature. That? that was like later on in your life. You know, that occurred, and you know, mm-hmm. you were more mature. But this, but the reason I ask is this Connor Kent that I'm reading in this book feels more like "Don't Call Me Superboy." Excuse right. me, not Con- yeah, d- yeah. Don't call me Superboy, Connor Kent, and right. less like the Connor Kent that we got in Jeff Johns' Teen Titans book. Yeah, it feels like all of the growth that the character had has been completely rolled back. And this version, it, like you would think, if it's the same version as the old version with all his memories, he'd be trying to win Cassie back. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Yeah. It's it's in it, it. Well, on top of it, it also takes place at a certain point in time. Because it's already been undone, or I should say, they've already progressed his character beyond this in the events of Action Comics 1051, where he has been incorporated into the Super Family and has his own brand new costume, you know, and and we have a hard time telling him apart from the other Super Family characters. Um, but, you know, he, he has been incorporated. So it, 
it's it's just kind of an odd story, quite frankly. It, it doesn't quite fit in in continuity, in current continuity. It doesn't quite match up with what we understand of the character from prior to it. So, and on top of it, it's just not a great story. Well, it's not um, well drawn. And it's not well drawn. Yeah. And I hate, I mean, if you're going to have your throwback to his, you know, uh, 90s costume, let's draw it right. You know, I, I hate the way they have brought the the red up into his chest to it almost makes it look like he's got an unzipped suit and you're, the the blue shirt is poking out from below oh, versus. Yeah. yeah and I, I just hate it because the blue on the original 90s suit uh, carries, you know, it, it it looks more like one suit that's two colors mm-hmm. versus this almost looks like it's trying to be, you know, he's got an unzipped jumpsuit. And I just hate the way it looks. And I think I might enjoy that design more if it was drawn better. But, boy, I was just like, you know, if you're going to have this throwback to the 90s, have it be the actual 90s. And, oh, by the way, where is ear piercings? <laughs> you know, I just I, I really, really, really couldn't stand the artwork in the book. So if you can't tell, none of us cared for this book. Yeah. How did he get uh, his ears pierced? Well, it's a, it's a kryptonite, uh, you know. Needle? Yeah. OK. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Well, <laughs> if you remember, Andrew, back in the uh, when he first showed up, he didn't actually have the invulnerability. Oh. He had a field of tactical T. You know, you know, I felt like Wayne. That's right. I feel like Wayne just pushed his glasses up on his nose. You know, <laughs> I'll be honest. I've not read a lot of Superboy. I, I've read uh, some, but I'm I'm by no means a expert on Superboy. So I'd yeah, I a lot of love this character. I Thanks. love this character, and so you know, it's like Tim Drake for me. You know, yeah. I, I love I love Connor Kent. I love Tim Drake. Quite frankly, and th- this has nothing to do with with you know the 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 character choices they've made with Tim Drake. Um, I haven't really liked any story that they've done in the last, I don't know, five plus years. Uh, I, honestly, I haven't liked anything since Connor of Connor Kent since he oh. he died in the Infinite yeah. Crisis. But for Tim Drake, other than I really like what Chip Zdarsky is doing in the Batman book. Mm-hmm. It's a good that's book. good Tim Drake. But yeah. any Tim Drake solo books since Red Robin, I think I haven't really cared for. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I I hate seeing one of my favorite characters just in language and mediocrity. And that's what both of these characters are doing. And that's, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that's not connecting with me on this book is it, it connected me when I was a youth. Right. Mm-hmm. And these characters were angsty and unsure of themselves and learning. But, you know, they both they have both matured and evolved since then. And it's it's they we've basically reverted them back yeah, to you've reset them. Of themselves. Yeah, you've reset yeah. them. And I understand that's the nature of comics, but you know, they also have younger iterations of the characters that you can do that with right. and, and let these characters mature in the same way that you let Dick Grayson, you know, and, and others mature. So it's, it's, I, I think I, my I, preference, for that. I think my preference for this character and I enjoyed both iterations of him. I enjoyed, you know, the original Tom Grummet, you know, run of, of Superboy. And I also enjoyed, you know, the later Jeff Johns, you know, era Superboy, uh, when he was in the Titans, etc. I, you know, I enjoyed all of that, both his ridiculous early nineties costume and his really simple black t-shirt costume enjoyed both of those. Mm-hmm. I do not care for this iteration of Superboy. And I really, I, I just kind of think you know, we have created this giant Superman family, uh, which I love. I, I, I am I am I am here for Superman family. But I feel like where they're really struggling is you've got John Kent Superman. And so what's your space to tell Connor stories? And I think your place to tell Connor stories, in all honesty, is in a different universe. I think it ought to be a multiverse story. And yeah. I would happily take a, a Superboy comic where, you know, he's the only super person, right? You know, he has he has matured to a place where he's it and he is the Superman of Earth. I'd like to see those stories. Um, but, well, you know, I, if you're if you're going to have him here, I would like to see the next step from where we saw him with Jeff Johns. I don't want to see him taken back to his early days right out of the tube. 
right? Well, and here's the thing. They've taken him back there attitude and costume-wise, mm-hmm. but not power level-wise. And I right. think the attitude worked when he didn't have all of Superman's powers. Right. You know, they developed over time with the character as the character matured. So you have a character that has the attitude, but now also has the power level to completely back up that attitude. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work as well for me. Well, and it also doesn't help in this book that the artwork is is really bad in a lot of places. Um, in particular, where they show him doing super things. And so instead of <clears throat> instead of drawing that in a hyper detailed fashion, they do all of these little motion marks around it. And none of that really works for me. It has a, it has almost kind of an a uh, manga look to it that I do not care for. Um, it is. It, I, I feel like some of the artwork is very cheap. Yeah. Just saying. So I did not like this book. I am not in for the second issue. I agree, which I'm sad to say, you know, because, again, like I mentioned, I have enjoyed these characters greatly and uh, I just don't really care. Yeah. To, to read uh, any more about Connor Kent in, in this iteration. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, one book. So we've, we've talked about an, a, a number of number one, a few number ones. Now let's talk about the concluding chapter of Deceased, War of the Undead Gods, which is the end of the Deceased trilo- saga, trilogy, whatever they call it. Because I, I think there's actually been more than three. But supposedly this is this is the capper. This is the end. Supposedly. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. So, so did they stick the landing? Well, are, are we the only ones that read this? Wayne, you didn't read Deceased, did you? Oh, I definitely read it. Okay, I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember. Aaron, you want to start us off, though? Yeah, I, I, I first I want to start us off on the artwork. Um, I thought some of the pages were gorgeous, and then some of the pages not. Um, there are times in this book where it feels like, and I feel like I'm saying this a lot these days, uh, it feels like some of the panels were super rushed. Um, I feel like it's two different artists. And that, that may be the issue because, you know, there are certain panels in this book that I'm just like, what are you doing? Um, whereas others like, you know, the big reveal of uh, of uh, the full body look of uh, the bad guy, you know, they're in his dead space. And I forget his name all of a sudden. Um, what's that God's name? Uh, Ebros. It starts with an E. Yeah, Erebus. Okay, uh, I, 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 that was in my head, but I didn't think that was right. I love you know the the all tentacles and and whatnot. It's just you know lovely, horrific. Uh, but some of these, some of the panels just seemed you know poorly formed, poorly composed, and you know uh, like there is. I'll, I'll give you an, a direct example. It is w- in the opening of the book where uh, Barda and uh, uh, Miracle Man are uh, reunited with their son. Mm-hmm. And look, uh, the, uh, Barda is hugging their son, and look at Miracle Man's arm, uh, right arm. It, it is so weirdly proportioned to the rest of his body, and that really looks more like a thumbnail sketch on that page. Yeah. Uh, her leg is oddly shaped. I mean, it is just it's like the person who drew this doesn't understand anatomy. And it just it really pulls me out. And I will say that her son doesn't look as much as a child as just a very small human being. Yeah. You know, that's just a, and, yeah. and I'm like, OK, you know, can we learn to draw these things <laughs> before <laughs> we go? But I so stuff like that was really bothersome to me. But in terms of the story, I found the story very satisfying. I liked everything that happens between uh, Damien and Cassie, for instance. Um, I I was surprised that for a book that is very much, you know, uh, zombies versus, uh, you know, superheroes, even though they're not actually zombies, um, there's a whole other DC book for that. Um, the body count wasn't higher for our characters, you know, that we did yeah. not see more, uh, more of a horrific ending. In fact, that the super family with the exception of Superman's arm really kind of emerges intact from all of this, but not the even, even bigger, even bigger, right? Just Superman yeah. family grows right. with the, uh, you know, Candor being free. Yeah. I really enjoyed the, Damien and Cyborg 
interactions. Yeah. I Honestly, love... Damien was the standout, I feel, of this entire series. I, agreed. Yes. Agreed. Well, and uh, another favorite moment in this book was uh, Guy Gardner getting just smacked down by Darkseid. Yeah. <laughs> and even to the point that Gardner's like, you know what? No, that was on me. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> you know, there were a couple of things that I feel. So this I, I thought the ending was great. It's so interesting to me to see how this book has evolved from. I mean, it was literally like DC versus zombies when it first started. And it was traumatic and sad. And <laughs> and, you know, what it now, you know, at the end is like, oh, well, it's a big, giant cosmic story. You know, where all the heroes have to band to take on this giant being at the edge of the universe kind of thing. Um, and, you know, the, the sacrifice that Damien makes and, you know, the entire Bat, Bat family basically is, is gone as of the end of this book. But it, it, it's but one a couple of things I appreciated before I get into the thing I didn't care for, which is I appreciated that the characters they focused on, even though they brought Superman back, they never removed the attention from Jonathan. Right. Right. It was, it, you know, Superman was basically a background character to Jonathan in this book. Um, and I, I liked that. I liked that they focused on Jonathan and Damien as mm-hmm. as the main characters um, in this book. And um, another thing that I found interesting or one, I guess now I'll talk about the thing that I didn't care for. I didn't care for the Damien Stephanie resolution or lack thereof. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, they get into an argument and it's basically the last scene you see together. And then you see him, you know, say, I need to go find Stephanie. Um, yeah, but you don't get to see what but you don't get there. to see that. And knowing that it, because he, Damien is going, knowing that he's not coming back and it would have been nice to see that goodbye. And, you know, I felt like that was just as important a goodbye as his one to to Jonathan. Um, so that that was one thing I didn't care for. And the other thing I didn't care for is and Aaron and I talked about this on a, on our sister podcast, Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. This didn't really feel like it had um, like it, it felt like, you know, the, the the bad guy is beaten. Here's your final page or two and it's done. Like I would have had I would have liked to see a little more resolution right. um, you know, of, of the outstanding story threads post defeating the bad guy. They basically destroyed the bad guy. Everyone comes home and you have one scene with Alfred and then it's done. And I just for me, this book has been so big. We've gone through probably 50 issues of deceased at this point just for it to like just end. Okay. Bad guy's done. We're done. Roll credits. I, 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 when, when stories are so big, I prefer to see a little more denouement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of denouement myself. Denouement. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> on our Star I, Trek podcast, <laughs> I, I, I don't get me wrong. I like this book. I like this series a great deal. I think the biggest win the biggest success, the thing that I got really excited about in this story was Alfred as the spirit of vengeance. Yeah. You know, I, I just I really, really have enjoyed that, though, as I've said before, I think the appropriate outfit for, for Alfred in that character is not him in the green uh, Speedos, but rather him in a green tuxedo as you know as a uh, a gentleman's gentleman that would be badass it would be badass and i i just i, I don't know why that was such a miss you know that that should have been his outfit just saying so i i recommend it i think i think deceased overall is a terrific story i'm, I'm kind of eager to go back and read it from the jump you know from the very first series to, to the last series um and see how it holds up overall because you know reading it on the on month to month um I feel like I'm a li- it has been a little disjointed from all the pain, right? Yeah. And you know, so I think some of the objections I have that the end wasn't horrific enough for me. And I know I said the same thing about the previous series. Uh, series. Um, maybe it will have a little bit more weight for me if I if I have one long continuous read to it. Yeah, yeah it felt like the first segment of this, you know, I guess trilogy. Mm-hmm. was where all of the surprises and deaths happened. And then after that, it got easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then it became so cosmic that it became just kind of like a, your standard crossover book. Right. Right. Um, it, it, again, and that's not a complaint. I have truly enjoyed the deceased storyline and Tom Same. Taylor has done a great job with it. And I'm glad I stuck it out. I, I feel like it's been more successful than injustice mm-hmm. for me. Oh yeah. Um, I, injustice just got so convoluted. You know, I just you know, where where do you even get back into that thing? 
that that's all that's been my problem with injustice and that's why i'm enjoying uh injustice superman showing up in uh, the superman john kent book yeah agreed though well, hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's books. We want to know what you think about uh, the Marvel Unlimited app and you know all the shenanigans there. Tell us how you're reading your comics. Give us a call, 682-800-3494. That number, once again, 682-800-3494. If we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable ideology of madness surprise you can also hit us up on social media iom geek on facebook instagram or twitter and paul i just realized i forgot to ask you what's coming out next week well i'll tell you are you gonna tell me from dc i'm gonna tell you right now um we have new issues from dc comics of action comics and the unstoppable doom doom patrol i think we enjoyed that (laughs) first issue of doom patrol Uh um uh, you also have the first issue of Green Arrow, the new Joshua Williamson Green Arrow book. I um, I'm torn. I'm going to pick it up, mm-hmm. but I Joshua Williamson as a writer has not been knocking my socks off on the Superman book or Dark Crisis. Uh huh. But I'm, but but I'm like like an abused person. I'm going to go back to the well <laughs> and see if and maybe Green Arrow will 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 make me happy. You know, uh, along those lines. What would really bring me back is now that Kevin Smith has given up the weed, I'd like to see him come back to Green Arrow. Yeah, that'd be nice. So DC Comics, um, from Marvel Comics, we have the newest issues of Doctor Strange, mm. Hulk. Mm. Um, and we also have the uh, and the final issue of Strange Academy Finals. So oh, get caught up on your Strange on. Academy. Damn, I got to get caught up this week. Okay. Because the final Mom. issue comes out next week. And the first issue of the new Alien book. Um, you know, we've we've been enjoying the the Predator book. Um, now, this Alien book is not drawn by Declan Shalvey, but is actually written by Declan Shalvey mm-hmm. um, with a different artist. So I'm, I, I might pick up the first issue of Alien because I'm enjoying that Predator book so much. Yeah. And uh, from IDW Comics, we have the seventh issue of Star Trek. Very exciting. Very exciting. Well, uh, we've already talked about how to get in touch of us. Get in touch you're, of you're, us. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can tell we're, we're done. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll, we'll do this all over again uh, soon. See you then. Bye. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.